This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Uh, so listen, there's been a lot of, uh, people talking about the, the heat that is MJF and people want to know, you know, what was real? What wasn't, uh, is it a work? Is it a shoot? And you were in some of those pretty tense moments once upon a time with Eric Bischoff. What'd you, you've seen it all. What'd you think of that? Well, I know for a fact with me and Eric, it was a shoot, <laughs> especially when I came back in Greenville, I was a shoot. Um, you know, we, we, we agreed to get along now, but I, I just can't imagine. And I think I told you, I can't imagine if it being a work that Tony would ever let a wrestler in a company talk to him like that. So yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I don't know whether it's a work or a shoot. Uh, I guess we'll find out Wednesday if he's there Wednesday or not. Because he's a vital part of he's a very vital part of the show, so um, I'm sure with the money issue, I'm sure Tony can fix that. Oh, of course he can. What I like about it is people are talking about it, and when yeah. wrestling fans can gravitate to something, and I mean, you and I were together certain places we won't say where this past week, and multiple times people would say, "Hey, what about this MJF thing?" Yeah. It's what everybody's talking about. So if the, if the, the, the idea is let's get people talking mission accomplished, the business needs that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I used to be able to go nowhere here, but I was saying nothing. And then they say, well, no one's watching because of the playoffs. Well, that's, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's in, it's insanely difficult to maintain storylines that move people enough to keep it in the mainstream conversation of life. Yeah. And those storylines are hard to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why those writers and God bless them and Vince and Tony and whoever spend countless hours thinking just like you and I do. You, you do five podcasts a week. You know I mean? I was doing this. I've been answering questions. Yeah. You know, but I'm putting a lot of time personally now into getting ready for this match in Nashville, which has taken, uh, not a physical toll on me, but I'm, sure I'm tired all the time. <laughs> I still make it out for a beer at five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, let's, uh, let's skip to a wrestling question here. This is, uh, from at wrestling question. If you were creating a group and there were only four people left on earth, you and Jeff Jarrett are two of them. Why would Jeff still not be a horseman? <laughs> That's so great. I love that. This is the thing that keeps on giving, man. 
<laughs> I don't know. No, actually, Jeff could be a could have been a horseman. Jeff's a, a hell of a worker and everything. I I don't I don't even. That's funny. I don't remember that though. I swear to God, I don't remember Jeff ever being a horseman. And I, I mean, I can remember all the name all the guys I had in there. I don't remember him ever being one because he wasn't. There it is. Yeah. Uh, DM wants to know if you never discovered wrestling, what would you have done? And what are you most proud of in your career? And what are you most proud of outside of wrestling? Uh, outside of wrestling, it would be my two daughters. Well, there you go. Um, Megan and Ashley and their success. Um, personally, boating, fishing, having fun, hanging out with you when you're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with Dino and Joe. Um, I, I, I like being on the road, signing autographs. Uh, I'm always going to want to travel. I'm never going to be able to just sit home. So people are stuck with me in that, in that capacity. Um, and I, and I love it's, it's, it's something I'm going to love. I, lo I love to watch the wrestling. I like, I like to, sometimes I want to say things that I get in trouble for, but make comments on things, but it just, it's not worth it. Um, but I even call you sometimes and ask you what you think you say, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I say, can I tweet this guy? And you say, no, absolutely not. I'm just okay. trying to look out. <laughs> That's why I can't work Twitter myself. <laughs> Amen to that. Roll tied to that. Let's uh let's talk about uh, the other channel since we're talking about current stuff. This past week we saw the unification bout with CM Punk, who was crowned the world champ in May over on the AEW side of things, and the interim champ, John Moxley, went head to head, title for title. And I don't think a lot of folks would have called it. It was a short affair and Moxley walked out with both belts. Yeah. What do you think of the presentation and, and what do you expect this weekend? I, I, I was, I was totally shocked. I didn't know. It, and I don't know. I'm asking you now is, is, uh, is punk hurt? Well, I think that's a storyline injury. I don't know for sure, but, uh, okay. as far as I, I know, I think that's going to be the main event this Sunday, but. Oh, uh, yeah. I, okay. I, I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm not plugged in that much and I haven't asked, um, but uh, they they got a rating. That's what matters, and they got. Yeah. A, I think they went over a million viewers, and that's that's got to make Tony happy, and got to make the guys that were involved in the show happy. Because you know, all about the rating, guys. Everybody knows what everybody makes and all that. But boy, if you're in it and the rating's no good, then you know it's once again it's you're you're bombarded by social media. So I don't. They got a rating. It was, it was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, you know, pretty aggressive, and I, I, I'm a big fan of John Moxley. I don't know Punk that well, but I thought they did great. But and I and it, and it caught me up totally off guard. Hey, you know, since we're talking about uh, you know mo most recent topics, there's been some uh, speculation online that perhaps uh, they're they're thinking about bringing Braun Strowman back into the fold for WWE. Did you spend any time with Braun? What's your feelings on Braun Strowman as a WWE player again? Well, I like Braun a lot. I haven't spent any time with him. I've seen him once or twice. I think I saw him at uh, WrestleCon, but I haven't spent any time at all with him since um, since he left. Um, we're kind of working on a project together that hasn't really come to fruition yet. Um, it's a promotional scheme that somebody brought to me that 
it, it's legitimate, but we just haven't gone to work on it yet. So I don't know. He'll probably have to make a decision whether he wants to do that because it potentially could be very lucrative or go back to WWE. But I like Ron a lot personally. One more thing we'll talk about in current stuff. Then we'll get back to Randy Savage. There was a bit of a debate over the weekend. I don't know that you saw it, um, but there was a tweet that came out that got everybody talking and it was from an account that really nobody had. It wasn't on my radar before, but boy, everybody was paying attention after talking about uh, wrestling banana. And they made a, a comment or an observation about how things had been evolving in, in, in wrestling in the last few months for Will Ospreay. Uh, here's the tweet from at wrestle banana. Will Ospreay has had more five-star matches in one month than CM Punk, John Cena, and Kurt Angle have had combined in their entire career. The idea being that over the last month, Will Ospreay's had four five-star matches. Meanwhile, Punk, Cena, and Angle collectively have three. And it didn't take too long before Kevin Nash, a WWE hall of famer found this tweet and responded, how's his merchandise sales. And that sort of brought it all back to business. And you were a guy who had just as many five-star matches as maybe anybody in history and, you know, have a, an award for the wrestler of the year named after you in the wrestling observer. So you received a ton of critical praise, but Kevin Nash brought it back to be not about the critics, but about the fans and about the money and asked, how's his merchandise sales. And it created a little bit of a debate this week on my world with myself and Jeff Jarrett. What would you rather be underrated or overpaid? Do you want to be a critical success or do you want to be a financial success? And you probably had to balance that a few times in your career because you knew you could have better matches with in the Crockett organization than maybe the WWF, but Perhaps the WWF would have made you a bigger star. Where do you land on this debate? Well, um, I guess at the end of the day, if, 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 if Kevin's implying that, in other words, he's, yeah, he's had great men, but he's not, he's not selling merchandise. Is that what Kevin's implying? I think the implication is, are you over with the critics or are you over with the fans? The idea being the, the fans being the merchandise. The fans being the merchandise, because gotcha. I think it's probably, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Roman Reigns is probably the biggest star in wrestling today. And he probably makes the most money and probably sells the most merch and all that sort of thing. However, Will Ospreay, a lot of people would argue is the best wrestler in the world today. And he has the best quality matches and certainly the, the most critical success. But as I pointed out to Jeff, I don't know that Will Ospreay would swap places with Roman Reigns and vice versa. I don't know that Roman Reigns values being a critical success as much as, you know, over with the fans. Well, I, I can assure you what Will Ospreay would trade places with Roman Reigns. <laughs> okay. Okay. With that contract and that income. And, not, and now I think he has the, the, the flexibility of working part-time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm assuming, like you are, that he sells the most merchandise. Uh, I'm pretty sure Will would take that, would, would, would flip that coin. Um. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. There's a lot of guys that are really, really good performers. And, yes. and and you're right. They don't sell merchandise because they haven't been around long enough to do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, a month ago, I didn't know who Will Ospreay was. And that's no offense to him. I just didn't know who it was. Right. And now because of all this he's getting, I mean, now, I'm, now I make it a point to watch him. 
But how about that, that exchange with uh, Phoenix last week? Him uh-huh. and Phoenix on Dynamite. That segment they had last week on Dynamite was outstanding, was it not? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm prior to that. I'm saying I didn't like two months ago. I didn't know who he was. Right. So I certainly wouldn't have bought a T-shirt. Um, and for me, and I think in Kevin's and blindness too, it takes a very strong gimmick. It, 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 it in, in the imagination and the creation and the creativity that goes behind the t-shirt or the marketing scheme. And, you know, I, very few people are ever going to have the genius of the WWE, meaning the company and whoever does that to replicate that kind of merchandise. Does that make sense? It does. I, um, um no, no, no. I, I heard that CM Punk was selling a ton of merchandise when he came. Oh out. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, but is it does he still? Why? Well, or was it I, just I when he came they, back? I'm not sure, but I know that he set an all time record when he returned, and he's been a merchandise monster. But again, I think the implication there in the original tweet was, while CM Punk may be a huge critical success, much like you know Kurt Angle was, and 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 even John Cena was, they they had a larger fan base. They were quote unquote more over with the mainstream, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, meanwhile. Will Ospreay has been, you know, making his living on the other side of the world. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but how old is Will? Uh, that's a great question. Let me look that up. I don't think he's quite 30 yet. Let me see. Well, he's got plenty of time then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if he continues, I, he's I, haven't heard him talk. I haven't heard him make an interview yet. So, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into selling merchandise, but the biggest factor is having some kind of a gimmick or a, you know, it's not just about having great matches. Um, I mean, speaking for myself, I never sold a lot of merchandise. I never really had a chance to with WCW, obviously. Um, but I mean, I get a decent royalty check, but I mean, some guys can like, I'm sure Punk can, could retire on his royalty checks. To me, the, the Will Ospreay thing, the reason I brought it up to you is for years and years, you were regarded as the best wrestler in the world. And there was very little debate about that. It was almost accepted as a universal fact, but it was also accepted that Hulk Hogan was probably a bigger star in the absolutely, 80s. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think Kevin Nash was bringing it back to, Hey, who would you rather be the critics favorite or the fan favorite? Yeah. And I understand um, it really like- well, Kevin's a very smart guy. I mean, I, everything, everything com- that Kevin comments on. I mean, I, I you put a lot of thought into it. Kevin. Kevin is a, like an intellect. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, when I'm with Kevin, I spend more time talking about LeBron James than I do wrestling. Yeah. I mean, we don't even talk about wrestling. We just talk about sports, especially with football coming up and the University of Tennessee sucking it as usual. They're terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> Let's uh, let's get back on track and talk about uh, the WWF. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the other channel since we're talking about current stuff. This past week, we saw the unification bout with CM Punk, who was crowned the world champ in May over on the AEW side of things, and the interim champ John Moxley went head to head, title for title. And I don't think a lot of folks would have called it. It was a short affair, and Moxley walked out with both belts. Yeah. What do you think of the presentation and, and what do you expect this weekend? I, I, I was, I was totally shocked. I didn't know it. And I don't know. I'm asking you now is, 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 uh, is punk hurt? 
Well, I think it's a storyline injury. I don't know for sure, but uh, okay. as far as I, I know, I think that's going to be the main event this Sunday. But oh, uh, I did. okay, I, I wasn't sure. I'm I'm not plugged in that much, and I haven't asked. Um, but uh, they they got a rating. That's what matters, and they got. Yeah. A, I think they went over a million viewers, and that's that's got to make Tony happy, and got to make the guys that were involved in the show happy because you know all about the rating, guys. Everybody knows what everybody makes and all that, but boy, if you're in it and the rating's no good, then you know it's once again it's your you're bombarded by social media. So I don't. They got a rating. It was it was pretty act. It was pretty uh, you know pretty aggressive. And I I I'm a big fan of John Moxley. I don't know Punk that well, but I thought they did great. But and I and it, and it caught me up totally off guard. And uh, I want to take a break right now to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's something Rick and I are doing every single morning. It's a part of our routine. And my wife actually got me on this long before they were an advertiser here on the program. Now, my wife, Megan, was a big fan of AG1 because she was wanting to focus on better gut health. She wanted more energy and she wanted me to start taking it to optimize our immune system, giving everything that's happened in the last few years. She also knew I didn't like taking pills or vitamins, and if she wanted me to do it, it had to taste great. AG1 checked all those boxes. Now, what's in this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's going to help you start your day right. They've got a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things It's been a game changer for my life and our friend Dallas would even love it because it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto or paleo or vegan or dairy free or gluten free, this checks all the boxes. AG1 also has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it still tastes great. But don't take our word for it. Athletic Greens has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now, Rick and I think it's time for you to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Seriously, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash flare. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash flair to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Speaking of hardware, there were flying chairs and everything else this past week after the AEW show. Did you have a chance to catch any of the AEW show? And have you heard any of the rumor in any window? I have. I've been watching this from afar. (laughs) It's very entertaining. If it's entertainment the fans want, that's entertainment they're getting, and Punk has given them a lot of it. (laughs) <laughs> have you spent uh any significant time with punk i know you've you've had a little no. bit of time with him in wwe uh, but you know we just barely got to say hi right that's funny i i never understood it i, mean, I was long gone <clears throat> when all the bad blood seemed to appear between he and uh and hunter and, and then um the lawsuit with the doctor and all that i I, I wasn't aware of any of that. I just saw that, of course, like everybody else on social media. And I am, um, you know, I always sided with Hunter on that because I didn't know the, didn't know the other guy. So, um, but he's creating excitement now. And if he's not afraid to say it and afraid to, I like the way he said, I'll walk down the hall and be ready. I mean, that's, 
That's Harley Race talking right there. I don't know. I don't know if he's that tough, but <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that old time stuff right there is. <laughs> you don't got. You got a problem with me? You can find me right there in the building. <laughs> well, they did. They found him, and yeah. uh, I, I think the the whispers are there's a whole bunch of suspensions, and uh, a lot yeah. of folks are going to have hurt feelings and a lot of fallout, and maybe there's third parties involved now, and. It's going to be an interesting time. And I'm curious from your it, perspective. It, it's got to be a divided locker room. <laughs> uh, to say the least. Uh, it, it, do you remember being, I mean, we've, we've always heard about personal issues, right? So maybe it was a Jacques Rougeau and a dynamite kid, or, you know, it was a Bret Hart and a Shawn Michaels, but do you remember there being ever like, I mean, Dave Meltzer described this as a melee, you know, it wasn't one or two guys. It was several guys. And there's fists being thrown and people are biting each other and chairs are flying. And now really? black eyes, it's a mess. That, that, that serious, huh? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize I, that. Uh, I've heard more than I should probably share here, but I do want to ask. No, why you, would you hold back? For well, what reason? stuff in confidence. So For somebody else's podcast. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I'm in a I'm in a bad spot because I'm Switzerland, Rick. So if I if I say anything bad about this company or that company, then but you won't be saying anything bad if you just report what happened. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but 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 I hear things and people say things, and you never yeah. know what what's real and what's not. But I'm curious. You you've been in a lot of locker rooms. Do you remember there ever being a melee, like something described? Oh yeah, God yeah, I've seen some. In the old days, it happened all the time. Give us an example of, uh, of one time you saw just a, a real pier six brawl in the backstage area. You mean in one, it, there are two kinds of brawls. Okay. There's one word, a guy will start a fight because he knows it's going to get broken up. Okay. Because there's so many people around. And I would think this is probably the situation with these guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like they're walking in the dressing room to talk to Harley Race or Blackjack. That would take a lot of thinking and a lot of talking to walk in to talk to Harley Race about something they don't like as an individual. Right. Or Jack Mulligan or Jack Briscoe. I mean, Ole Anderson calling out Jack Briscoe. He still hasn't showed up. Ole. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easy to say it if you can't be found, but I. I actually thought it was pretty cool if, if what I've told, and I don't know anything about who won the fight or who did what, but the fact that Punk said, I'll, I think, I think it, if I'm not wrong, he said, I'll, I'm, I'm here in the building if you want to find me, right? Something like yep. that? Yep. I like that. And it's probably not what, what Tony or anybody wants to hear, but you know, if, he's not, if he has the courage to say that and then he feels that strongly about somebody, um, hey, I don't blame him for saying it. And I, and, I, and I don't, I mean, I like Omega and I like the Young Bucks. So I don't know what the he could possibly be. They seem to me like really easy guys to get along with, but I don't know them that well. And they're all, it's, for me, it's how they treat me as an individual. Right. And they treat me great. I had a chance to be around Kenny a lot when he wrestled uh, Manny in uh, Mexico and really got to know him pretty good. And the Young Bucks have always been awesome. So I don't know. And, and CM Punk, I don't know him. So, um, but he said it, and uh, 
I don't know anything about Colt Cabana. That's really, I have no idea what's going on there. But <laughs> he seems to be under punks again a little bit, huh? I, I think that's fair to say. I know nothing about that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk I about fed that. him and I decided not to feed him. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good. <laughs> We, uh, we're, we're doing ask Nate anything. Wish I, like I could have said that in divorce court. <laughs> You've had plenty of opportunities there. That's for sure. <laughs> I knew I gave you a home run there, brother. Well, listen, Maybe you can say it next time. Okay. There's always hope for next time. Uh, we're, we're going to bounce around talk about a hundred different subjects today. Oh my God. As did Henning and race together, Larry and Larry and Harley, you imagine Jumping on a heart. Can you imagine getting in a ring with Ali Race and Larry Henning? I had that experience. <laughs> Get up, kid. Get up, kid. <laughs> He's, the just playing with you. He's just playing with you, kid. Don't let him break you. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> you think they can do that now? No. <laughs> What do you think would happen? Just as, a, just as an example, if all that melee was going on in the locker room and Harley Race broke down the door. <laughs> I think everyone would stop what they were doing. <laughs> everyone would have gone, ah! Wyatt <laughs> Earp's here, boys. <laughs> He'd have gone, kids, settle down before I have to hurt one of you. <laughs> that's the way it would have been <laughs> same with Jack Mulligan or Dick Slater <laughs> I've seen some tough guys come through the door A different time for sure yeah different people, time same business Bill Robinson wants to know what do you call the move when you go upside down in the corner you know the up and over what do you call that Oh, the Ray Stevens bump. Okay. Ray, I learned it from Ray. And then Sean got where he could do it better. <laughs> uh, is I want to know what you think of some of today's top wrestlers, because there's a few wrestlers you've really never evaluated. And, you know, as the greatest performer of all time, I think your opinion uh, is the gold standard uh, for, for how these guys should be rated. Never mind that five star crap. I want to hear what Ric Flair has to say. So let's start with Kenny Omega, who just dropped the AEW world title uh, at their pay-per-view to Hangman Page. Uh, Kenny's had, you know, all these great bots in Japan with the Kata. He's been the top guy in AEW pretty much since he got there. What's your take on Kenny Omega as a worker? What are his pros and cons? I don't see a weakness. And after being in Mexico with him, when he wrestled Andrade, I became even more impressed because Seeing someone on TV, being around him, meeting him socially is one thing. And he, he's a wonderful kid. But he, I, I think the fact that you mentioned he, he's wrestled everybody, every style, around the world. And that's what it takes to really become a top guy in this business. You have to have had different opponents with different styles. And, I mean, I, I put he and AJ Styles and Randy Orton, I mean, they're pretty much, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but I, I put those three pretty much in the class of their own. Well, you, you bring up. Like I put, I take the Young Bucks, 
and the Usos as two of the my two favorite teams. I mean, they're not a different style than Tully and Iron, but you know, for way the way wrestling is is put together today and the way the guys are taught to entertain, I think the Usos are phenomenal and the Young Bucks are they do some stuff I've never seen. So yeah, I, I agree respect, with respect all of them. I agree with your evaluation of the teams, and we'll get back to them in a minute. But let's stick with Omega for a second because I agree he's kind of a rare breed, a disappearing breed because he has worked everywhere. You get a lot of wrestlers now who only work in one promotion, in one country, one style. They don't work all that many matches per year. And it kind of, I don't want to say it stunts their development, but it's a different kind of development. It's totally different. And and it's unfair, um, really, to to judge a lot of these kids because they, they haven't had the opportunity to wrestle anywhere, as an example, at NXT or for the WWE, and uh, you know how many how many different opponents are you allowed to have? You know it takes you know five six years of being there, and then of having so many different opponents. That's how you improve as a performer, and certainly the people. If you're really good at what you do, they learn a lot from being in the ring with you and from your experience. One thing where I was a little not doubtful, but I had questions about Omega when he came to AEW. Japan's a totally different style, very physical, very athletic. The matches are all very long, and it's a different psychology. But he came to America and adapted seamlessly to all that, didn't he? Yeah, and being the fact that he survived Japan will, will tell you how tough he is. Because if you're wrestling over there, it's not like it was in the, in the 70s and 80s by any means, but they the kids are tough they're brought up tough they go through these dojos i mean they're there's nobody over there holding their hand uh if you want to break into business even to this day over there you're gonna you're gonna pay the price and i mean they're gonna test you mentally and physically okay rick we got to take a time out remind everybody that to be the man is sponsored and brought to you in part by Rectech. this is an amazing company that i've fallen in love with They've got wood pellet grills fueled by all natural hardwood pellets. They got everything else you could need too: coolers, apparel, sauces, rubs, whatever, but the grills from Rectech, man, they got something for everybody, every lifestyle, every budget, and they all have a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. They started just 399 bucks and their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman and oh yeah. All their grills ship for free. I have to admit, this isn't my first wood pellet grill, but it is my best wood pellet grill. I had them on the same porch side by side, and there was no comparison. Their RT 700, that's the flagship model from Rectech, comes with a 40 pound pellet hopper. What does that mean? It means you don't have to fiddle with charcoal and all that stuff. 40 pounds means you're going to get a lot of cooking without any maintenance. In addition to that, it's 702 square inches of cooking space. Now, Pull out your ruler and recognize that's more than your family could ever possibly need. They've also got the PID Wi-Fi controller, and that's my favorite part of the Rectech. I'll come back to that. Your favorite part might be the six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. Talk about peace of mind. The PID Wi-Fi controller, though, boys and girls, it's a game changer. You can turn your grill on. You can turn your grill off. You can adjust the temperature up or down. You can do all of this remotely from your freaking phone. But most importantly, you can really dial in how your food is prepared. I have to admit before this, I had a dumb old charcoal grill 
And buddy, I thought it was like a rite of passage. You had to monitor that stuff. And it was almost a guessing game. Is it done? Is it overcooked? Is it not cooked enough? And it was so frustrating to pull that meat off the grill, take it inside, puff your chest out, be proud. And then somebody say, Hey, can you cook mine a little longer with Rectech, buddy and this PID Wi-Fi controller? I know exactly when my meat is done. I can get it to the exact degree. I'm talking about the exact temperature. It's amazing. I can't recommend it enough. It's also so easy. Even my wife can do it. I'm not saying that to be funny, but we've been together a long time and buddy, she does not want to touch the messy charcoal grill and the tasteless gas grill. Okay. It was easy, but the food sucked. You know it. And I know it with Rectech, It tastes great. And it's so easy. She can bake. She can smoke. She can sear. She can grill. She can even dehydrate on the grill. Just last night, my wife made burgers while I was in here recording. Seriously, Mrs. Thompson made burgers on the grill. I didn't have to do anything. It was so easy, all with the push of a button. And that's why she and I choose Rectech. Get rid of the old tasteless gas grill, throw out the messy charcoal grill, and join an elite wood pellet grilling family. Focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. And that combination has allowed Rectech to set the new standard in grilling. Visit Rectech.com. That's R E C T E Q. Dot com and use the code natureboy5 to get 5% off site-wide. That's 5% off their top-notch wood pellet grills, their one-of-a-kind ice or coolers, their chef-tested rubs and sauces, the accessories, the merch, everything's 5% off at rectech.com when you use the promo code natureboy5. One of the greatest interviewers of all time, I mean, no, I'm going to argue this with anybody, is Aaron Anderson. No question. He never, he never raised his voice, but everything Iron said and everything that came out of his mouth, brother, you looked at it and went, holy shit, this guy is dead on. Only two. Now, Nate, here's where we're going to get some they, headlines. If they, if they want to turn Cody Rhodes heel, they need to let Iron talk. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait and, for Cody. And, and let Iron get serious. I'm serious. Well, I can't wait for Cody to get like a second win there because I think very highly of him. Oh, and, I do uh, too. And he, I don't know if he's faded or just some of the stuff he's done and they've done haven't worked with him lately, but 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 I am a, a big fan there. And I agree with you. If anybody can turn yeah. Cody Rhodes heel, it's Arn. And Arn shouldn't turn heel on Cody nor Cody on him. They should turn heel no. together. No, they should do it together. Right. That's what I'm saying. And let, and let Arn do some of the talking. And the enforcer, shit, I mean, Arn might be the best interviewer they have over there, and he gets a little bit of time, but he may be the best interviewer they have there. How about when he did the interview about pulling the gun? Huh? Arn did an interview where he said he was going to, like, take out a Glock. I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it made some headlines, to be sure. Now, uh, I, I want to talk about two guys that AEW brought in. They brought in Brian Danielson and CM Punk, who, who were certainly stars by any definition of the word. But uh, what have they contributed to AEW, and where are their careers at as workers? Uh, well, if I'm looking at the ratings, I don't know what they've contributed to. Um, yeah, certainly, as you said, both big stars in the business. Both have had a lot of success. Um, but I, I don't know what they're – I don't know – I don't know what, how to answer that question because all you can do – as we do with football or any other show is look at the ratings and if the ratings are indicative. I mean, I think they would go up, but to me, to me, that show should never do less than 1.1 million. If they, if they get there once and bring in all this talent and go back, then, then there's something wrong. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And you and I have talked about this before, but I want to bounce this off you here on the podcast. That doesn't mean it's any one. It's no one person's fault. But oh, I'm no, no, saying, no. if you have that much talent on your roster and you reach that goal, and go, oh, my God, we've hit the one million. For myself, I would be, I mean, we all live to look at the radius, especially our segment, what they're saying, how do we do it? How long were we? What were we on the crossover? I mean, it's an insane business that we compete in with ourselves mentally, and they compete in right now because they're in the business. But if I'm looking at the ratings in the show, you know, I don't look at the breakdown or who does what or anything. You just say all this talent, they need to be at a one-one, I think, and never go back and build from there. Hundred percent agree. And to be fair, I don't know Danielson's quarter hours. I know Punk's quarter hours have done very well since he got there. But you and I have talked about this off the air, and I want to bounce it off you here on the podcast. I really like AEW. It's the only wrestling program I watch from beginning to end every week, the Wednesday night show. But I got to say, the reason I watch it and the reason I think it caught fire out of the gate is because of the younger guys and the guys who weren't overexposed on WWE TV. I watch AEW to see MJF, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Adam Page, uh, uh, Darby Allen, and uh, you know, and guys like FTR that you know didn't get their due in WWE. The Young Bucks who never worked WWE, and I think to recycle guys from WWE, no matter how talented they may be, is steering the promotion away from what, like I said, got it out of the gate so quickly. Yeah, you know, Mark, I don't know the answer. To that. I, I watch, you know, I, as you know, because I have a, a daughter in the business, I watch not only to watch the product, but I watch to see, you know, what she's competing with or what, you know, what, what our company, the WWF or WWE rather, or AEW, I like to watch and see because it, it is competition. Like I was switched back and forth yesterday between Seattle and Green Bay and then whatever <laughs> other good game was on. You know what I mean? You switch back and forth, but it's a comparison. It has to be. There's nothing else. And as the fans, I'm sure they're going, they all have their favorites. You know, I, I just, I feel like social media, which is something we never had, um, you know, that was so demanding and so relevant to what these kids and how they think I and mean, how they perform and how they feel about themselves as individuals. It's, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. You can't make everybody happy. And if there's one negative comment or one negative opinion, it's just somebody trying to get attention. You know what I mean? And they, and they come at you under, under a, not even a real name. Give me your name. Who's they? You know, you have an argument with your wife, right? They said this about you. I said, who's they? <laughs> they said it. Who's they? Just give, tell me who they is. They have, hello, they. Hello, they. Well, you were doing this. How do you know that? They told me. Well, really? Okay. Well, I've had four wives that all said, you were doing this? I've never admitted anything. And I go, they. Who is they? <laughs> I'd like to get you and all no your comment. wives. No, no comment from you. I'd like to get you and all your wives on Twitter together. How would that be? Yeah, I love that. Woo, I can tell you this, and then I'm going to remarry. <laughs> there's, only now, one now, Jim, there's only one Jim Dandy out there, brother. <laughs> Now, uh, you mentioned the Young Bucks before, and one thing I want to say about AEW is I think they've revived tag team wrestling to a degree. You got FTR, you got the Lucha Brothers, you got the Young Bucks, you got Santana and Ortiz. And it reminds me of, of like the 80s in the NWA when you had tag teams that got together, stayed together, 
wrestled like tag teams as opposed to just four guys in the ring wrestling and really became identified together. And I think that's a good thing. I think every promotion needs different stuff. And it's hard to say, it's hard to believe, but tag team wrestling is now different stuff. It's it's off the main road. Yeah, well, but it's still, it, it's exciting. I, You know, for me, and this is just my opinion, I like when they keep it down to, to six people. When you get eight people, I mean, nobody, if it, I'll make a statement that I said the other day publicly. So if you, if you look at all the guys that have come in, uh, if you take, uh, uh, Brian, if you take uh, CM Punk, um, whoever else come in, I guess oh, and Adam Cole. The one that's gotten over the best is Adam Cole. If, if I'm watching the show, because he's had you know marquee matches, he's been in the right spot, and he's not putting a, he's not put in a, in a situation where there's 35 guys in the ring because nobody can get over. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The, 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 the ring is so full of talent. That you're going like this, and if I don't know who they are, you know the audience doesn't know who they are. It's impossible for a person to become a star in a scenario like that. Well, yeah, I'm in total agreement. In fact, I'll go one step further. I don't even like six man tags, Nate. I I think I think a regular tag match, with rare exceptions, unless you're going to you know settle a feud like in War Games or AEW Stadium Stampede. I, I think to go past four guys in the ring, like you said, the guys become unidentifiable and uh if you have 30 minutes we did six we did six mans forever in the 80s you know and uh, even five men but you can't you have to have 30 minutes not 10 because nobody gets over does that make sense no Tony makes and I, I mean before it was nick bockwinkle and ray stevens and then it was Tully and iron and i didn't see anybody and i've seen a lot of really good teams oh i, I take that back I thought when James Storm and Bobby Roode were together at TNA, they were one of the best teams I'd seen. And they split. I can't remember why. But to see these guys come along now and then to see Jimmy and Jay, who weigh 240 pounds, they're big kids, legit athletes, bounce around and take the bumps with Ray Mysterio and his son. And the next day, wrestle with that team that left the WWE that's with, uh, they're really good too. Um, the ones that like Tully and Iron so much. FTR. Um, the, the, the guys from Charlotte. Yeah, FTR. Yeah, FTR, yeah. I think those guys are great, too. And yep. there's an example. You know, like me, I never had a, I never had a, I, I had an average body. I never had a good body. Those guys have got an average body, but they can work. So if you want work and skill and talent, boom. You know, there's a lot of guys that might look better. Just like there were a lot of guys that looked a lot better than me. Oh, my God, I'm wrestling Kerry Von Erich. I'm wrestling Luger. I'll give you an example. List Hogan, all these guys with, with better bodies. But I knew who I was then if I wasn't having some period or lapse of self-confidence. But I never thought about it. But And those kids just go out there and they just perform. And they're great. And they're, they're, not, they're never going to look like Roman, who is. But they perform at a very high level. I mean, the Usos, man, when they're healthy. Look at the stuff they do. And they're doing Ray Mysterio stuff, and they weigh 240 pounds. Well, let me let me tell you one complaint I do have about AEW, and it's probably going to be perceived as nitpicking, and maybe it is, but their roster is so packed. They have so many guys, and they add more all the time, that I don't get to see the guys I want to see as often as I'd like. Like, you, you take a team like FTR, they might wrestle on TV 10 times a year. 
And that certainly is not like the old days when you would literally see Tully and Arn all the time. I get that. But see, once again, Mark, and, and I'll, it, that's why, you know, people complain, not, not complain. People say, well, it's the same thing on Raw every night, same thing on SmackDown. Well, if you're the champion, they're the best. They they got to be on TV. Right. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how uh, Tony does that over there. And I know that the, with the WWE, if you're really good, you're going to be on TV. Right. And that, and that just it. And people complain about not having the opportunity or that they're being held back. Well, you're never going to be held back if you're better. Does that make sense? I will Ab- never absolutely. buy that. I will never buy that as an excuse. If you're better than somebody that's on the show and you walk and knock on his door and say, Mr. McMahon, I would like a chance to prove that I'm better than he or she, he'll give it to you. He do- he's not going to hold anybody back. In a lot of their minds, they're better, but they're not. But it's good to have self-confidence and self-esteem and feel good about yourself. But he's not holding anybody back. There's no no political notion that people are being held back. I, I, don't, H- I don't agree with that. You mentioned working with Hulk. Sure, and I'm sure the same applies with Tony. If you're good, Tony's going to see it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think Tony's done a brilliant job, actually, creatively. I just think he has 20 pounds of sugar for a 10-pound bag. I don't think there's any way to get all his talent on TV. And I can't help but wonder if guys who feel like they've been underutilized, if he might ultimately chase them to WWE when contracts come up. He might, but uh, WWE, for for whatever anybody thinks or tries to judge them or or thinks bad about them, he's two steps ahead of the game. And unless you are really special and you walked out that door or been released or left on bad terms or whatever, you've got to be really special to get back in that door because they don't need you. They don't need negative commentary. They don't need people walking away, complaining that they didn't get this, they didn't get that, they didn't get this. If they were good enough, they would have gotten it. The whiners, the whiners just need to go home and whine. Tell their wife a story. You know, <laughs> go for a boat ride. Tell yourself, you know, ride down the road with somebody like we used to do in the old days and knock everybody in the goddamn show. <laughs> but don't don't do it online, okay? <laughs> Yeah, we, we did do that, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, Are you kidding me? We rode on the road. I knocked everybody I worked with. Are you kidding me? Now, another tag team that is my cup of tea in every way is FTR. Yes, uh, absolutely. They have, they have high regard for Arn and Tully. Yep. They work like Arn and Tully. They work just the style I like in tag team wrestling. And one thing I said on, on Twitter, and Dax Harwood said it was the tweet of the week. He said it was I was the smartest guy on Twitter that day. That's before he blocked me, but that's another story altogether. Uh, hey, Dax, Dax Harwood. Dax, he blocked me. <laughs> I can still get heat, Nate, no question. But I, I think he's a good guy, and I think they're a great team. I actually think we that, that he and I think wrestling a lot alike. It's just that he sees as a holy pursuit, and, and I don't quite. But – uh, they wrestle like a tag team. And a lot of times today in tag team wrestling, Nate, and the Bucks don't do this, and FTR doesn't do this, and the Usos don't do this, but sometimes it's just four guys wrestling instead of tag team wrestling. Do you understand what yeah. I mean? And FTR yes. always wrestles like a tag team, don't they? Yeah. No, and, and going back to their run in, in the WWE, those guys and the Usos had some matches that were unbelievable. Um, as, as as and they took that same 
level of skill, which is immense. Over and they had the great matches with the Young Bucks. I mean, those guys, I mean, once again, as I mentioned before, Arn, Tully, myself, we were never Mr. America, right? But we can all work. And those kids can work. Yeah, I mean, I, I love watching their matches. They can adapt to any style. They can do the Lucha Brothers. They can do the Young Bucks. And they're so believable. I, I think it's fair to say, and this is no knock on anybody else, Nate, FTR are the most believable tag team of the day and, and have been for quite some time. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that they were the Usos. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on the Usos. But, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I, can't, I can't see the difference between the two. No, 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 and certainly I'm not even comparing the two. The Usos are great. We've talked about them, but yeah, no, no, I think, yeah, I think, I think they're great. Yes, I'll tell you uh, a feud I'm looking forward to if they do it right is Punk and MJF. Yeah, yeah, their, their promo battle. Even though they did a couple things, like, like, I, let me ask you this, Rick, as kind of a side note. On TBS and TNT, you're a lot of swear x amount, okay? And they use shit, and you know they had uh, Punk had the fans chanting "Needle Dick" at MJF. Uh, the inner circle guys always flip the bird. I just don't think that's necessary. And I think if you're trying to grow your audience, it can be kind of productive. I think if you're trying to grow your audience, you don't have to be PG-13, but you shouldn't be hard R either. I think you're super serving the fans you already have when you do that, the hardcore ones, but I think you already got them. What's your take on the profanity that, again, I think there's too much in AEW? Um. Well, they're, just, they're doing the exact opposite as WWE. So, and Vince is not going to move off his PG, his PG-13, or his PG, whatever. I mean, they're allowed to say a word here and there, but, um, you, you know, he, uh, I, I think he, that in, I'm, I'm sensing that in the people that run the company, Vince and whoever else, that they are chasing down the advertising couple of the, the advertisers that won't allow that kind of conversation to be had. I gotta be honest, Rick, I can't think of one advertiser in the world that would be crazy about Needle Dick being chanted on national TV. No, I can't either, but um, you know, it's, everybody's got a different thought process. I'm not the booker, I'm not in charge of it. No, 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 hey, what um, they want to do is what they want to do, and it's a great product, it's been very successful. I just, yeah. I, I don't, I'll put, let me ask you this. If you had, if back when, when you did promos, if you had the option to swear or didn't, or, or, or not, what would you I have done? I never did swear. That's what I mean. Yeah, I didn't. And finally, let's do, let's do one more here. And this is. I, I, I tell you something I was going to say about Punk. Now, Punk had a hell of a match with that young man. I can't think of his name the other night, right? Oh, with Lee uh, Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was yeah. a Pittsburgh kid who was not bad. You're right. That was yeah, a good yeah, match. Yeah, very, very good match. But I think. That sometimes that in their in their attempt to keep him undefeated, they put him in a scenario where he's out there too long. Even though he made that kid and they had a great match, I, I would have shortened it up because I mean if if he's their biggest star, you know no matter how talented uh, is it Moriarty. Yeah, Lee Moriarty. He's he's yeah, very talented. No, very, but, I, but you I, don't I, need you don't need to make him. Lee Moriarty's not going to be a headliner for you probably ever. Well, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because I, I don't know enough about him. But I don't think that, that Punk needs to be out there that long. I think it, they can have just as good a match in a shorter period of time. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. One more <laughs> uh, 
tweet before we wrap as, this especially, up? Especially as he's heading, as he's heading into a, a match with MGF. Right, right. Today's episode is brought to you by Car Shield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, and let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic, and Car Shield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches you're taking care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost, too. Get coverage today, and you'll lock in your price now, and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs, and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavy weight champion tell him nature wings legendary flavors world championship wings woo wings yeah woo woo NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in and it's confirmed. Save with Conrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E writes that we saved his family more than a thousand dollars a month. James S says we saved his family more than twelve hundred dollars a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, now, uh, once again, Nate, wrestlers are on the move. Uh, Jeff Hardy says he's going to AEW. That's no surprise, but that's going to have major impact, isn't it? Absolutely. In my mind, Jeff Hardy is one of the top, still one of the top stars in the business. Now, how would you use him when he gets there? Is there more value with him and Matt as singles or as a tag team? Well, Matt's involved in that really interesting storyline. I like a lot myself with, uh, with Andrade. So I don't know if you if you break that up or not, or they've done well as a tag team. I think there's what makes it so nice is they can do both. I'd bring Jeff in as a single right now, rather than put him with Matt, um, and get a little a big run out of Jeff as a single. Then you can put him back together. You can turn him. I mean, Je- Jeff is a very very talented young man, guys. Very talented. You guys know that. No, I 100% agree, and I agree with your uh, your plan too, Rick. I would bring Jeff in as a single initially. Mm-hmm. I'd leave Matt doing his thing with his gang, with Andrade, and then you could always put Jeff and Matt together later yeah. on. I mean, can you see Jeff and Matt wrestling the, um, y- the uh, uh, Young Bucks come out? That's, uh, it's, uh, it's a main event I want to watch. 
Well, they had well, that. Or, or, or Jeff against uh, Kenny Omega. Come on. No question. And, and, and the Hardys and Young Bucks had that brief feud in uh, Ring of Honor. I want to say they only had one match. It got cut off because they went back to WWE and, and surprised at that WrestleMania. But yeah, I, I think Jeff's like, I have complained on this show that AEW is bringing in too many guys, and I stand by that. But you always want to bring in Jeff Hardy. He's one of the very you bring top in guys. Jeff Hardy. You bring in the main eventer from day one, right? He, sh he should never even have a preliminary match, right? I agree. He should go right. I'm to the there, I'd call out the champion. I'd call out Daniel Bryan. I'd call out Punk. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I would just. I, I have my ways of what my ideas are, but. Jeff is not a guy you come and bring along slowly. He's a star. Day one, he walks out the door, the roof blows off, put him in a, put him in a match where he can re-demonstrate how good he is and then give him a win over a top guy right away. Amen. Could not have put I'm, a I'm here. I'm here. You got a problem with it? Move me on. Now, uh, another guy who's leaving he, WWE. He's not arrogant like that, but that's how I'd handle him. You're, you're right. The, neither Hardy is, neither Matt nor Jeff is arrogant like that. No. Do you think that's ever hindered them? Sometimes you got to be that way, don't you? Well, they're just, they're easy to do business with. And that, and that, I think that's a test, that attests to their longevity. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're I'm certain they've been, they have both been put in positions that they didn't want to be in, but they're so talented, they pulled it off. So. And they're two of the greatest guys I've ever met, too. They don't roll over, but, but they want to get along, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, Michael McClanahan says, who is one modern-day wrestler you believe would have excelled in the territory system, and who is one wrestler from the territories you believe would have translated well to a modern-day audience? Wow. A modern-day wrestler who could have worked in the territory system, that feels like... Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like we've seen a guy like Moxley go out and do that because he's been working independent shots and he seems to enjoy that and be yeah. fun. And you've spent some time at the bar with him. Maybe he would have dug that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. John absolutely would have loved that. He's a rugged guy and he doesn't mind hanging out all night long. He did it his wife as I got detained up a flight in Boston after hanging out with him all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We drank Bloody Marys at the bar in the hill till four o'clock in the morning and went to the airport at five for a seven o'clock flight. TSA was not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah, John Moxley, I think Roman would have been could handle oh, it. Yeah. Any of the guys that, that have family, I'm, I'm, I would venture to say Randy could have done it very easily. Um, I think anybody that grew up uh, second generation or third generation, like Randy, they knew how tough the, the it was an incredibly tough and insensitive life, but boy, we had fun. <laughs> Is there one wrestler from back then who would have worked really well today? Modern wrestling. Me. <laughs> I was going to say Bruiser Brody. It feels like he was such a figure. It's such a character. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, he was. <laughs> These guys, they want that's why that's nothing. <laughs> the bruiser did what he wanted to do. He he did not read promos. He did not. He he didn't talk about what was going to go on in the ring. That was that was not his agenda. Then man, could he kick ass? And he 
he was an intimidating guy. He liked me. I'm, I'm very fortunate, but make no mistake, he, he, he did well in Japan because he didn't have to take any orders, but every, every territory he worked in, he, he didn't stay around long. I don't think, I don't think he was over in WWE. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think that would have, uh, even if he was, I don't think that would have lasted very long. No, no, no. I would get Cesaro and get him a new manager and make him a heel. From day one, if he had, a, if he had a talking place and was it going to be a heel, he'd be phenomenal. How about you? To manage him. I'd love it. <laughs> that, that'd be great. That that's just, I'm talking here off the top of my head, yeah. Rick, but that'd be a great combination. Yeah, I did. And then you work with him on little things that make him nasty. You've, been, you've never seen him be nasty. You take a guy, take a guy with his skill, his strength, and teach him how to be how to be nasty. Just little tricks of the trade, and he'd be he'd be really hot. You you're right, boy. Because, that, that... because people know how strong, how talented he is. Can you imagine putting that giant swing on somebody? I mean, <laughs> if I was managing him, I would call Tony Khan out to the ring, and I'd knock him knock him down from behind and have Cesaro give him a giant swing and put him in the hospital for a month. <laughs> now, AEW also signed William Regal. Uh, what's his value, Rick, as a non-wrestler? Obviously a great promo. Well, I didn't even know that he had gone, though. I saw him last week. Um, my first reaction is, what did Hunter say? Get <laughs> glory. They were such close friends. I don't know what it, it caught me off guard, but I certainly am happy for Steve Regal. He's got a great promo and he brings a lot of authenticity to the product. I mean, he just, he's an authentic guy. He's a man's man. The guys respect him. And the words that come out of his mouth, his promo last week was fantastic. Yeah. And then he apologized on Twitter because he went too long. That's being a real pro, isn't it? I wouldn't bother him. I would never apologize on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd never apologize if I'm William Regal for talking because yeah, everybody yeah, wants yeah. to hear him no, talking. It, that... it, was, it was really good. Now, uh, Regal's also a great teacher of wrestling, had a big yes. role in that regard in in in, uh, in NXT, and he can verbalize it. He, he makes teaching it accessible and easily understood, and, and I think there's a strong value in that, especially with, with the young guys for AEW. If, if you go to him, he'll make it clear what, what should happen. Exactly. And he probably can still do it. Oh, no question. I, I'm, I'm not sure what his health that is, but physically, I, I imagine he could still probably do it if he had to. He's a great guy. I think in short spurts, yeah, could. I know he had a few health problems back. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't mean wrestle the ring on, on a show, but wrestle with the guys he's teaching. That, that's what I meant, too. Yeah, I think he yeah. could, too. He had some health problems in 2018, but he says he's, you know, totally over those. So I think he's a great addition. Like I said, I will always have time to listen to him talk. Uh, what, what, were, what were his health issues in 2018? Uh, I, not specific. I'm not sure. Oh. But, you know, just he referred to them on Twitter. And, you know, uh, that's that's it, that's his business. But I, I he says he's 100% now. Now, now in, in that vein, Rick, would you be a good teacher? Uh, you know, how many wrestlers have you had direct impact on? I think you probably would be. Well, I have a lot of impact on wrestlers that, that you're familiar with. I mean, the guys I helped along the way. Um, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I basically was started with, with Ricky. And then I went from Ricky to 
couple of different guys, and then Sting came along, and I, I had the privilege of working with him a lot when he was first starting, Luger. Um, um, I think in single matches, I, I, I was able to help Ricky Morton, who had just been a tag team guy most of his career. Um, no, I, 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 first of all, if, if someone wants to learn, I can talk to anybody. It's the guys I think they know too much that I, I have a hard time working with, working with it, or even like, you know, I've, if I, I've said this before a thousand times, if I, somebody asks my advice and I give them my advice and they walk over to somebody, their, their age group or somebody else that knows nothing about wrestling, ask their opinion, then they've lost me. Yeah, and, and or, we've or, not- or 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 they turn on the internet to have somebody that just—that's what it is. But the internet, unfortunately, it it it, it is brutal how much attention the guy the guys and the girls pay to the internet and comments that are made. Well, that dates back to WCW. That's where it all started when we started doing all the internet stuff there. Yeah, I mean, we we had that audio show and. And the guys in charge paid attention to it. Way but too per, much attention to it. Yeah, per, pretty soon everybody's great or everybody's terrible. I mean, it's just, it's, and it's fans just reacting and fans, of course, they're going to interact. They're right and it's their privilege. But that should never have a wrestler or put a wrestler or help him determine how successful he is in, 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 in what he's doing. But, but talk to Vincent Mann, talk to John Laurinaitis, talk to Tony Khan. Go ask Garnaders. I mean, ask people that know. Tony Blanchard. I mean, there's a lot of guys around that, that are available that can give a good young wrestler some good advice. Who would you say is the best teacher of wrestling you've encountered? I, I have my idea, but you go. The best teacher of wrestling that I've ever encountered? Yep. Going back to when I started? Anytime, anytime from, from then till now, Nate. Hmm. The best teacher I can tell you who, helped, who gave me a lot of advice was Nick Wagwinkle. I, I believe that. I, I, I knew him briefly. He yeah. Um, just... Nick, um, I don't know. Here's two ways that I, two ways to look at it. When I broke in, I needed Vern Guy and Blade Robinson to make me tough to understand what, what I was about to go through the next 50 years. If I hadn't been, a, if I hadn't been, had my ass kicked by them three or four times, more like 10 times, I would have never survived um, the, the career that I've been involved in. You have to get the first part is here. That's not, that's so much, that's so much the case now because it's a different story. But for me personally, if I hadn't had my ass handed to me, and humbled to the nth degree, I don't think I would have made it to where I am today. So, different ways of teaching you. You can learn by listening, learn by actions that you um, actually, you know, stuff to learn. Bring. Oh, I'll tell you who else was a great teacher wrestling. God, Fit Finley. Yep, that was my pick right there. Yep, Fit Finley with the girls is just phenomenal. Fit is a really, he's got more patience than any man I live with. To sit there, with the girls all day long, and I mean, and articulate, and the girls ask questions, and he answers them. I mean, I've watched him. You know, Dave, Dave is great. 
Yeah, that that's my pick. Just everybody I've talked to, including Ashley, yeah, your daughter, yeah, yeah. Fit Fit Finley. I mean, the I, job it, he's it, done it, it with took, the women. Took, it took me a while to think of that. When I knew there was somebody I was missing, Dave Finley. Well, I've most, had too. I've had too many women, Nate, including your daughter, including Sasha. You know, when I've interviewed them, Natalia just say that Fit Finley is the reason that women's division grew so fast and became so good. I can believe that. I, he certainly had a lot to do with it. Now, let's talk about the new AEW World Champion, Hangman Page. Uh-huh. He's only 30 years old, never yeah. worked WWE, and I think he's the real thing. I wrote in a blog today, and by the way, I'm doing a every Monday wrestling blog now at WXDX.com if people want to check it out. But Hangman Page at 30 is a real main eventer, and I yes. don't think there's too many of those. I think we overestimate how many there are. Oh, for sure. I watch his stuff. I've liked him since day one. And I, I think uh, him being a champion now is long overdue. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, they, and once again, I, I only know him to say hi. And I've shaken his hand a couple of times, but he's respectful. But he, he works he works incredibly hard in the ring. He's got a really good-looking gimmick. He's a very handsome young man. And uh, I think he should have a hell of a run with the title. Well, him and Kenny had just a lights-out match at full gear. Yeah. Just unbelievable. And, you know, Kenny does that. But, you know, Hangman was an equal partner in that, I, I hasten yeah. to add. And uh, Yeah, what, hey, you know, make no mistake, it always takes two to tangle, man. No question. No question. But I got to say this about Hangman, Nate. You know who he reminds me of is – and not 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 – Exactly, but there's a little bit of Stan Hansen in him. He does the cowboy gimmick. He does yeah. the lariat. He's not nearsighted, and he can hear, and he won't kill you. But, but yeah. there's a little bit of Stan Hansen in him, isn't there? A little bit of Barry Windham, too. Yes, yes. Great call. Great call. Yeah, and, yeah. and obviously, he, there's no... He, he, he's not nearly stiff enough to be compared to Stan Hansen. Oh, I know. I know. Well, like, like I said... Let's get realistic. I'm still trying to get the blade out of my forehead... From one of his clotheslines. Well, it's like Terry, Terry Fox said to me about Stan Hansen once. He said what? he's nearsighted and he can't hear. Yeah. So, like, you're just in for a treat. He doesn't mean to do it, but he's going to kill you. Yeah. Well, wrestle him for an hour sometime and tell me about it. So, if you want to be the real world champion until you wrestled Hansen and Brody in Japan individually for an hour, you are not the world champion. <laughs> And, and one I've more had guy. that pleasure about five or six times. <laughs> now, now, woo!